0: Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, my contributor breaking down news of the day. None other than Jordan Yule, Rebel HQ contributor and host of Deep Dive, which is on Twitch. Top story of the day, a guy who can barely put a damn sentence together is polling 10 points ahead. Of Senator Raphael Warnock, out of the state of Georgia. Yeah, I'm talking about Herschel Walker. Let me remind you of how silly Herschel Walker actually is. Here's the first video.
1: You know, uh, Senator Lewis one of the greatest senators there's ever been, and for African American, that was absolutely incredible. I think them to throw his name on a bill, uh, the voting rights, I think is a shame. First of all, you know, they, when you look at the bill, it just doesn't fit what John Lewis stood for and I think they
0: know that. Uh, The late John Lewis was not a senator, that's what you're running for, Herschel, did you know that you're running for the Senate? Also, he said that John Lewis was against the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. The silliness of it all, but it doesn't stop there, here's more. Tell you something else I heard, and I think about this, because at one time science said man came from apes, did it not? i when you, you go to the Every science. time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, what this was interesting though. If that is true, why are there still apes? Think about it. No, Herschel, the reason why nobody agreed with you and that damn audience of silly ass people is because you were the dumbest one there. Yeah, I said it. Let's put it up. Charles Darwin's 1871 science altering book is what he was referring to. The book, The Descent of Man and Selection in Relation to Sex, the great naturalist and scientist mused on the theory of evolution, but he never, never said that humans descended from monkeys or apes or anything of that sort. Once again, he's polling 10 points ahead of Senator Raphael Warnock. Here's what Senator Warnock sounds like when he opens his mouth to talk about important things, here it is. Rather than adjusting their agenda, Rather than changing their message, they are busy trying to change the rules. We are witnessing right now a massive and unabashed assault on voting rights, unlike anything we've ever seen since the Jim Crow era. But Herschel Walker is 10 points ahead. Herschel Walker is even more than 10 points ahead of every Republican he's running against. For the US Senate in the Republican primary in the state of Georgia. There's more Republican US Senate candidate Herschel Walker is leading incumbent Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock by 10 points according to a poll released Wednesday by a political action committee supporting the University of Georgia football. Great, this is called an internal poll. GOP Senate candidate Herschel Walker has boasted about graduating in the top 1% of his class at the University of Georgia. But recent evidence has come to light indicating that he actually did not graduate at all. Let me pause there. This man had that he graduated from college in his bio. He stated it during particular rallies, conferences. Even when he was invited to speak on important committees to the United States government, they cited that he graduated top of his class from the University of Georgia. Not only did he not graduate top of class, which is okay. He didn't graduate at all, which is actually okay. It's just not okay when you have made a career completely lying about it. Here's what that tells me about Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker is desperately trying to find validation. You were a superstar football player. You were one of the best football players in the history of the game of football. And you went around lying about a damn college degree. You're trying to fit in, right? You want certain people to say Herschel is accepted. Herschel is smart. Herschel graduated from UGA, top of his class. And here's the irony of it. He's been saying this for years. Nobody from UGA said otherwise. They knew he never graduated, they knew it didn't add up. Not one administrator, not one college president, not one professor, not one student stood up and said, this man did not graduate from the University of Georgia. It continues, the survey of 2,500 registered Georgia voters put Walker at 51.4% compared to 41% for Warnock. The poll was conducted from April 3rd to April 16th via landline phones, cell phones and text. Uh, this is a Virginia based grassroots uh, company. Uh, the company noted in a memo that Walker has built a double digit lead despite the war campaign blanketing the airways with more than $7 million so far in their ad spending. So what does that mean? That means that Walker can afford to look beyond next month's Republican primary To a November general election matchup with Warnock. The GOP front runner is polling well ahead of several other Republican Senate hopefuls, whose combined support does not come close to matching his numbers. The grassroots targeting poll also found that President Joe Biden's approval ratings are on the decline in Georgia. Only 43.8% of voters surveyed approve of the job Biden is doing. While his approval rating among independents was even lower at 41.9%. According to the poll, the poll found Warnock's approval rating at 45.2%. The poll had a margin of error of plus or minus 1.96%. Now I wanna remind everyone polls are not predictions, they are not. They are snapshots meant to be interpreted in an appropriate way. But this is a problem. There's no way a Herschel Walker who will Never do a debate, he has refused to do all debates. He will not do a debate in the primary, he will not do a debate in the general election. He will keep doing interviews where he sounds silly as hell and continue to poll well among voters. You know why? He's a Trump endorsed candidate, he's a controllable individual and he is their token, he doesn't know it. He thinks he's really running on some kind of wave of freedom, but he's not. It's fascinating that the polling numbers connected to Warnock, not just with this poll, but other polling data. He is anchored by the popularity or lack thereof of Joe Biden, the President of the United States. You see, this is why we've been screaming and shouting. Democrats in DC have to deliver. And when they don't deliver, other Democrats will suffer. That's what's happening here. All right, Jordan thoughts.
2: Dr. Richie, I think you hit the nail on the head. They the Republican Party wants Herschel Walker in part because he he's controllable. He has been used uh by, you know, uh snake oil health companies for years as a spokesperson to shill, you know, just fake and scammy products that ended up losing millions of dollars due to mismanagement. He is very recognizable because of his his football career. And they saw, look, we've got a tough competitor in Warnock. Like it's that the Republicans are even in this position, I think speaks to Warnock's strength that he's even in that position. And also the organizing that, that Stacey Abrams and others put in to get out the vote in 2020. So they're really feeling the hurt there. So what did they do? Instead of running a Kelly Loeffler again, who was, you know, who committed insider trading while she heard her brief stint in the Senate. They said, let's get someone who can just run on name recognition. Doesn't have to be anything upstairs, just people know him like him because of football. And like, look, you're in SEC country, that works. And I think they saw it with Tommy Tuberville, they see it with Herschel Walker. I would not be surprised if the Republicans in the south, if they're in a tough position, just keep running SEC legends because it, it's as sad as it is, that's all you need. People will see the name, recognize them, check the box.
0: Yeah." So damn sad, we're gonna continue to follow this uh, to the war not campaign. Wake up, okay, see what's happening. Police union chief has been molesting children since the 90s and they knew about it, put up his picture. Okay, let me give you the background. Ex Boston police union president has pleaded guilty to acts that he has committed for a span of 30 years and the cops knew about it. Patrick Rose, 67 years of age, faced a total of 33 charges in connection to rape and abuse of six children over various periods of time since the 90s. He pleaded guilty to 21 counts of child rape, sexual assault and has been sentenced to 10 to 13 years. He should be sentenced until he dies. Uh, plus 10 years probation following his release. He previously pleaded not guilty and maintained his innocence but changed his plea during a superior court appearance in Suffolk. Now, Rose, a former Boston police officer and president of the Boston Police Patrolman's Association was arrested on child sex charges in August of 2020. This came from allegations that he sexually assaulted a young relative starting when she was seven, okay? It was a family member. The victim, who is now a teenager, told police the assaults continued for five years until she turned 12. Rose allegedly touched her inappropriately, then asked her to perform sexual acts on him in his West Roxbury home. Rose was later charged with the rape and abuse of five other children. Prosecutors said most of the charges date back to the 90s but at least one was was within uh, the last two years. Rose was allowed to remain on the force, I want you to hear this. He was allowed to remain on the force despite sufficient evidence found by internal investigators supporting allegations that he sexually assaulted a minor. That's according to documents released by the city last year. They released the documents, he gets investigated in the 90s. Internal Affairs said he did it, he's guilty. What do they do? They let him remain on the job and then he becomes the head of the damn police union. Now you still think these individuals are noble? Now imagine if you are a good cop, right? With the Boston PD, you're a good cop. The guy who's in charge of your good cop coalition is an individual that other cops have proven by their investigation. He's actually a child molester, and you say nothing. You continue to pay dues to this person, you don't protest. You don't say I won't pay another damn due until that uh, molesting SOB is no longer our leader. None of you say that, and you call yourselves law enforcement officers. The irony of it all, there's more. Let's put up a picture of the black woman who was acting mayor in 2021, who ordered that release. Her name is Kim Janey. She ordered the internal affairs documentation to be released. Janie did so after the Boston Globe reported that Rose had been able to keep his badge despite a criminal complaint in 1995 for sexual assault on a 12 year old child. The man likely has hundreds of victims, you know about some of them due to the investigation and the court pleading. But there are many you won't know about. They won't talk up, they won't say anything, they are ashamed, embarrassed. Criminal complaint was eventually dropped. But the department's internal affairs division concluded there was enough evidence to support the allegations according to the documents. Then Boston Police Commissioner Paul F Evans was notified in a June 1996 memo of the results of the probe. Rose had been relieved of his weapon and placed on administrative duty, but was returned to full duty after an attorney for the Boston Police Patrolman's Association wrote to the commissioner in October 1997 and threatened to file a grievance according to the documents. They are protecting a child molester. A city review of the Rose investigation led to a series of recommendations for keeping the department transparent. Among the changes recommended by the Office of Police Accountability and Transparency for starting investigations into officers charged with crimes within 48 hours and creating clear guidance on how officers should be punished. Now now you need clear guidance. You, you You need somebody to tell you how to lock his ass up when he commits child molestation. You need somebody to help you out here. You went to the police academy, you have post certification through the state. You get arrest powers, you get paid a paycheck to do a job. You went through the training modules, but you need some guidance here on how to successfully lock up a criminal who may in fact have a badge. Now you need help. We have covered so many of these stories on indisputable of police officers who are engaged in sexual perversion, assault, molestation. The industry is so corrupt, and I get it. Obviously, there are some decent cops in the world. But if you say nothing when this type of culture permeates, you are not as good as you believe you are. Your silence is a cosign to the corruption, Jordan thoughts here.
2: It's heartbreaking, I just was so disgusted when I read this. Just my heart goes out to the victims. That's just a really, really tough situation, especially if you're a kid. I've been there, so I get it and it's really frustrating about it. I think it highlights the union structure in police and when you have a, an internal review system and the way the unions are structured to prevent any sort of accountability. its that it leads to outcomes like this, whether it's murder or sex crimes or any other abuse of power or corruption. We really need to take a look at how we allow police unions to operate in this country because they must be reformed. The way modern policing works, and even going back to the origins of modern policing, which has roots in Boston. I mean, what do they do? They just terrorized immigrant communities. And there's just from the beginnings of modern policing in this country. And even before that with the slave patrols, it has been about abuse of power and yeah. protect, protecting capitalist interests. That's it. So we have to take a look at how we allow police unions to operate because it's just an insiders club. They'll protect themselves. And like you say, if they don't call it out, just, they're, only, they're just as guilty because they're covering for despicable people and reprehensible actions. That's right. Uh, And it seems as if people forget that police officers are public
0: servants. They are servants of the public trust and when they violate that public trust, they should be held to a higher standard of accountability and not a lower. Let me bring your attention to Iowa. Cops and officials, city officials, government officials all going to jail. Uh, let's put up the mug shots, put up some of these mug shots, tell you who they are, okay? A bunch of former officials from Armstrong, Iowa have racked up more than 100 combined criminal charges. Talk about corrupt to the core. So in Iowa, in Armstrong, they have a population of approximately 875, but a clique of local officials, including the town's former mayor, his son-in-law, who's the town's former police chief and the local ex cop are accused of single handedly sending the tiny city's crime rate sky high. Together they've been charged with more than 100 counts ranging from assault to embezzlement. That's not even counting another dozen charges facing an alleged accomplice by a cop in a nearby town from left to right. What you got, you got former mayor Greg Baum, you got former city clerks, Tracy Lang and Connie Thackeray, all right, all criminals. These three and another unnamed clerk allegedly ran a years long corruption ring. Tracy and Thackeray have pleaded guilty with the rest pleading not guilty so far, but have all stepped down from their positions. and the city clerks are accused of stealing city money by writing illegal checks to insiders like Baum's son-in-law, the former police chief. And falsifying records to cover their tracks. Bomb also was facing a misdemeanor charge for using the fire department's power tools in his personal carpentry business. Now the local ex cop whose picture is not available at this time, racked up quite a bit of charges himself. So most of the allegations are new this month. When former Armstrong police officer, Benjamin Sheville, was hit with 84 charges, 84. Those charges include multiple counts of perjury, obstructing an investigation, stalking, including stalking with a dangerous weapon, unauthorized access and dissemination of police data, assault with a dangerous weapon, tax evasion, and theft. These allegations actually span across two departments. The newest comes from a nearby nearby town known as Esterville, all right? Where he worked previously before he went to Armstrong. So while working in Esterville in 2019, the new charges allege that this cop stalked a local woman and used his job to obtain personal information about her. Although the charging document is light on details, Shevel's alleged victim, Victoria Abrahamson previously accused the cop of sexual extortion. In an ongoing lawsuit filed last year, Ms. Abrahamson uh, claims that Shevel was working as an Esterville police officer and moonlighting as a repo man for a credit agency in 2019. That's when according to her lawsuit, the cop and a colleague repossessed her car. Um, She was a nursing student at the time, could not afford the $1,500 fee to reclaim her car back. So the cop started soliciting sexual favors in exchange for the vehicle, she alleges. She did refuse uh, these advances, but the cop used his position to threaten her and her loved ones if she did not comply with his demands. Abrahamson wasn't his only target, there's more. In all, Shevel is accused of using police databases to snoop on at least 25 people. Many of them in Northern Iowa and women. Earlier this month, he was served with court orders barring him from contacting four women, but some of Shivel's alleged targets were actually fellow cops. Including one who was also implicated in the scandal. The cop is accused of illegally accessing information on Esteville police officer Tyler Van Roekel. Elsewhere in the charging documents, the cop is also accused of obstructing a prosecution against the same person. In in return, was slapped with a dozen charges of his own this month. Uh, all right, so let's put up a picture. This is so interesting. Um of the mayor's son-in-law, that's it? Okay, so Armstrong's former police chief Craig Merrill is the mayor's son-in-law. So what about this fellow? How does he fit in? He was arrested for allegedly using Shivell's stun gun on guests at multiple parties for entertainment. The man is using a stun gun on guests. Despite knowing he was not supposed to do this, he also prevented partygoers from documenting the crimes and told them he'd lie about whether the taser darts had been deployed or not. Additionally, he is accused of unsuccessfully trying to wipe the memory of the stun gun clean. He was he has pleaded not guilty. He unsuccessfully attempted to dismiss the case last year, arguing that guests had consented to being electrocuted. He said, Oh, no, no, no. They 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 wanted me to do this thing to them. Yes ultimately stepped down from his position. But the Taves allegations are not. not the most troubling charges facing Merrill, who stepped down as police chief after his arrest last year. The former chief is also charged with ongoing criminal conduct for illegal financial gain, theft of checks worth more than $10,000 and illegally accepting and all expenses paid vacation from his supporters, right? There are more officials who are facing charges. We don't have enough time on this show to go down the list of all of the damn government workers who are actually part of this money making corruption and criminal enterprise scheme. I just gave you some of the highlights. Once again, I thought most of them were good, right? Because if most of them are good, how does a culture like this permeate? They're rotten to the damn core to the core. And why is it that all of them are down with this? Let me make it very plain because I know some folks are going to push back and say, "Well doc, this is just one group. It doesn't indicate the industry." You can't get 10 dope dealers together who will agree on all the corruption. You can't get 10 gang bangers together who'll agree to this kind of corruption. Somebody will object. Somebody will say, "You know, I don't feel comfortable with that." But not the police.
2: Jordan thoughts. Again, I feel bad for the the people who live there. This is a pop a city with a population of what just under 900. Yeah. What are you supposed to do in that situation? And when, you know, for for like the the cops that killed somebody, the judge dismissed it, and the 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 mother of the victim who tried to seek justice was just flabbergasted. What recourse does she have? So. And outside of that, like all of these other things, you know, trying to sexually coerce people, you know, tasing people, abuse of power, corruption, all of these different things. What are you supposed to do if you live there and you're just an average person? So, again, this really underscores the necessity to evaluate how we investigate and punish bad cops for bad behavior because there isn't an effective system. Internal reviews very rarely ever work, You know, specifically yeah. on killings. It's what one out of every 100 gets convicted, That's, that is disgusting. So yeah. we have to wholly and substantively revisit how we handle bad cops for bad behavior.
0: And I wanna say this for the absolute record. I know that decent people exist in every industry, including policing. But let me give you this example. Do you remember when the Roman Catholic Church was in the middle of their media debacle because their priests were being exposed as child molesters? Remember that? And remember how the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church tried to cover it up, hide it and to a large extent did. Remember that? When the organization, when the company known as the catholic church, decided not to engage in an exhaustive investigation and make sure that those monsters in priest costumes were held accountable, then the industry, the church is well within the blaming circle. You now need to blame the entire organization. And that's what's happening with policing. If police officers are not willing to stand up and talk against these egregious crimes against people, then it is right. It is proper for people to judge every single one of you and generalize the industry, only you can stop that. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Before I go to the comments, I'm going to remind everybody. um, 5-3, all right, May 3rd, primary, progressives versus the establishment. That's what it's about. We'll be providing live coverage Tuesday, May 3rd for the Ohio and Indiana primary elections. We'll be uh, paying close attention to a few of the races that include Senator Nina Turner uh, and others, okay? So make sure you tune in 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's going to be grand, all right? A lot of ways to watch, including tyt.com forward slash live, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and on the linear streaming channels. Watch lists, add the watch list to your watch list. Join the big homie, JR Jackson, live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Watch live daily and follow on facebook.com forward slash watch list tyt. Also subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watch tyt. Read some of these comments, uh, just be anti-racist. Dr. Ritchie. while I cannot stand Herschel Walker's rhetoric, I've been extremely disappointed in Senator Warnock's belief that Title 42 should remain in place. 100% agree, it's part of the reason why people aren't excited, all right? There's two sides of this coin here, okay? You gotta excite people, you gotta excite your base. Make you see the silver haired dragon, all right? I can guarantee you that the chief molested dozens of children in those 30 years, not just the six, they should investigate going back a number of years and charge him for all the crimes he has committed to put him in prison for life. How many children's lives has he ruined in all those years? And, and really think about it, you're right. But the people that gave him cover, they also ruined lives. They won't be charged with anything criminal, they should be. But they too are to blame, okay. Uh, v, I keep telling people that flower of a country is not born. Dang. Walker. All right. Uh, Vic Wick, Wicked, this will be a black body with a white controller. <laughs> That's funny. Um, fascist killer. Where is QAnon? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would.
1: You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a yeah, Sunday?
2: You're my field I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life.
0: This is that holy land of England, Karenicity, it hits different. Karenicity is a global dynamic, truly a pandemic of sorts, globalized. We highlight the Karens of the world because we provide a mirror for reflection and an opportunity at correction. You see, you never know when someone may be filming you in your Karenicity moment, which will earn you a spot right here on Indisputable. Being racist, bigoted, trying to demean others—never the way. Be decent, be kind,
2: or be embarrassed. Jordan thoughts: This person—it seems like she's got serious mental health issues or delusions. Um, You know, separate from her blatant racism and xenophobia. Uh, I mean, just. I couldn't make out exactly what she was saying, was she saying she was the British Prime Minister coming from the Holy Land of England. That's what it kind of sounded like, I couldn't make it out, but like she's definitely got issues. So I kind of carve out like a special category for someone who's like dealing with that and just really, really needs help that doesn't apologize for her racism or xenophobia. But it really, they kind of go hand in hand because when you have those kind of hateful beliefs, it makes more sense that they're they're not doing well mentally.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, let's talk about this one. Racist white woman slaps a restaurant worker. She's been charged with a crime. Let's put up a picture full throttle here, okay? That's what you call an OG care. Uh, This is a woman from Enid, Oklahoma, has been charged over a racially motivated attack on a black teen employee at Little Caesars, okay? Her name is Rachel Schuerman. that's her name. Schuerman is charged with malicious harassment based upon race, which carries a maximum of $1,000 as a fine and up to one year in jail. However, it wasn't until two weeks after the March 30th incident that she was charged. She was arraigned on April 21st, has a bond appearance a court hearing on May 12th. We will follow that. Bond has been set at $5,000. Surveillance footage shows the assault. Let's go to that. Steal, that is her literally getting out of her vehicle. Opening her door at the drive through to slap a teenager, a black teenager. 17 year old Chris Beard was working as a drive through cashier after school. when Shurman Asked for an order of two pizzas and crazy bread. When she was informed they did not have crazy bread, uh, she became irate. Chris then told her that if she came to the window, she could still get the two requested pizzas. All right, sounds reasonable to me, right? Listen, we're out of crazy bread, madam. okay? Uh, the irony here, we're out of crazy bread, but we, in fact, do have pizza left. Just come on around and not going to accommodate that request, okay? Um, Shewerman pulled around to the window and asked the working teen, do you want a diploma? Chris responded, well, yes. The woman then said, listen here, N word. The incident report shows. Chris in turn asked, what? Sherman then replied, you heard me, you effing N word. She then asked if her words hurt the young black teen after he replied no. The report goes on to state that Schuerman then got out of her car, stepped up to the window and slapped Chris two times across his face. When a manager asked Schuerman what happened, she said, I harassed him like I always do. She later told police she was just joking around with the kid and then said, "You, you know how it is. The teen told his parents about the incident, when he arrived home. And they took him to the local police department to file a complaint But the Family sought Legal Counsel after not hearing back from the police department. Now I got some other twists and turns here, okay? A teenager just got physically assaulted in your establishment. I'm talking to the manager who didn't do a damn thing. Teenager, a minor gets assaulted by an adult. You should have filed the police report. You should have sworn out a warrant for the arrest, but you did not. You wanted to reason with the customer who just slapped one of your employees and called them the n-word multiple times. What kind of manager are you? What kind of person are you? There's more. The Garfield County DA Michael Fields on the left, let's put him up. And the Enid Police Department Chief Brian Skaggs on the right, Fields told local outlet KFOR that Edith police could not arrest Sherman because officers did not witness the misdemeanor with their own eyes. Have you ever heard of that before? You ever heard of that? You know why you haven't heard of it? Because it's a damn lie. That's why you've never heard of it. Witness testimony is reliable, but see they actually had video here. They had witness testimony, you had a victim and you had video. You had enough evidence to indict. You had enough evidence to do more than arrest. You literally had enough evidence for a grand jury to indict for a crime. But they said, oh no, 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 no. I no no. We we didn't see it with our own eyes. How many crimes would the cops arrest people for if they just had to see the crime with their own eyes? This must be a special white lady privilege. I have never heard of this before in my natural life. Ever. All right, even though there's surveillance footage, as I said, they initially said they couldn't do anything. Enid officers had to pass the case off to the DA. So prosecutors conducted their own investigation, a bunch of interviews. And then they finally put out the arrest warrant and locked her up. She proves the privilege exists. It took them weeks to do this and they did not want to. And if it had not been for the parents of this young black male teenager who hired private counsel in order to get to the bottom of this. That woman would have gotten away with criminal assault of a minor and nobody in the community, nobody in the chain of command. No one who's an authority figure in his life would have done the right thing by him, not the city, not the cops, not his manager, but his parents did. What are we saying about the life of black youth when it takes this much for someone to be arrested for physically assaulting
2: them on their job. Jordan thoughts here. This this story is so telling. So, aside from like you know, you have like the the funny detail, which is like the crazy bread thing. And like that, okay, that's absurd. But then think about what she said when she was explaining herself, right? Oh, I just harass him like I always do. So this is somebody who like revels in this. She asked the kid if she hurt him with her words, the n-word twice. And like you, you you could infer in that. like she just did that because she knew that word is rooted in hate and racism and a lot of historical pain. So it reflects who she is on the inside. And then she's like when the police got involved, she told them that she was just joking around, you know, you know how it is? Like that's pretty telling too. It's like, oh, come on, guys, we're <laughs> we're all racists here. And they just decide they they declined to do anything anyway. Like it's it's just it's like a perfect encapsulation of racism and white supremacy and policing in this country, just start to finish the entire thing, all the characters involved. It's really absurd. I feel bad for the kid and his family. He didn't he certainly didn't deserve that? I can't imagine Crazy Bread is is very good, let alone that great. It's just it's really really absurd. I feel bad for the kid. Yeah. All right. One correction,
0: Jordan. Um, crazy Bread is good. Okay, <laughs> Okay. all right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, <laughs> stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of these comments. Okay, can't read all of them. All right, um, our leader Brown says, why would you pull over a pastor since Republicans claim so much pro God? That's the question. Um app happy England is the father country of Karens. You may be right on that, that young lady killed by a rich kid. That rich kid barely gets a slap on the wrist, so damn sad. Her name, let's put a full picture up. Her name is Monique Munez, the family of a woman, who was killed when a rich teenager ran a red light while driving a Lamborghini SUV in Los Angeles. They have reached a settlement in the case. I'm gonna get to that settlement in a moment. Let me give you some background. On February 17th, 2021, investigators say Munez was on her way home from work at UCLA Health, when she was hit and killed by the teen driver at the intersection of Olympic Boulevard and Overland. Avenue. Let's put up a picture of the team that did this. His name is Brendan Curie, 17 at the time officials said Curie was speeding at 106 miles per hour at the moment of impact. According to prosecutors, he had been street racing against a female friend and swerving in and out of traffic. For several blocks before the crash, that's according to prosecutors. Let me show you the crash scene. Okay, look at that. All right, he killed a person. Prosecutors confirmed the teen's provisional driver's license had been suspended at the time of the crash, not even licensed to drive. They also learned that he had been cited twice for speeding by the Beverly Hills Police Department in 2020, including driving 72 miles per hour on surface streets. Although the fatal crash happened on February 17th, Curry was not charged until April 7th. Relatives of the victim and activists had alleged the charges had not been filed earlier because of the wealth and influence of the teens father. James Curie described by Forbes as a multimillionaire who owned several real estate firms, manufacturing companies and an e-commerce business. Before the deadly crash, Curie and his father often posted on social media platforms about their involvement in illegal speed exhibitions, often with each other. You see them there. It says my son and I hanging out cruising the hills. Everyone knows whose car is faster. Now, let me highlight a few elements so far. You have a young lady, a hard working young lady who is now dead. You have a privileged, child, a privileged teenager who has been enabled, empowered and protected by his family. These bad habits, these corrupt ways permeated to the culture of the next generation being this teenage killer. He's allowed to drive, not even having a damn license, Driving high powered vehicles that I'm sure he probably could not get insurance for by himself there's more what was the punishment all right somebody's dead he's negligent uh it is criminal there's an impact to society which means you need to now pay a penalty a debt you owe right that's how this works it's america he was then placed on house arrest after admitting the petition for vehicular homicide. Yeah, yeah, I did it, all right, he did it, put him on house arrest. The Los Angeles County Superior Court judge, Sabina Helton ordered him confined to his mother's home, Better show him, young man, you go home. You need to think about what you've done here, where he wore an ankle monitor. Last September, Curie was sentenced to nine months in juvenile detention with four years of probation. They did have the option to charge him as an adult, they chose not to. The Munez family attorney, Daniel Gitsky, after the 18.85 million settlement was reached and said in a statement. And I quote, the family faced numerous hurdles from both private insurance companies and the LA district attorney's office. And experienced the harsh realities of racism and bias against those from underserved communities. The family pleaded for the DA to investigate this case and met with the office dozens of times to advocate for their family. It was never about money for this family, for the Munez family. It was about the acknowledgement of Brendan Curie's misconduct that resulted in the death of their only daughter to ensure that he was held accountable. Let's put up her picture again. Hardworking, lawful, full of potential, enormous talent, killed by this guy, put up his picture, okay? The criminal justice system does not need to be fixed. It needs to be broken. It's working exactly as it was designed to work for people like him and not people like her. Jordan thoughts on this case?
2: I think that's it exactly. This is a family whose wealth and influence allowed them to continue living their lives unfazed as a family mourns the loss of someone who did nothing wrong. I was curious what this dad did. like what what was his job to put him in a position to buy his kid a Lamborghini SUV at seventeen. So I looked him up and among other things that you listed, he's in a bunch of different industries. and as the picture indicates, he's in the he's in the resale market for Pokemon Magic the Gathering cards, which I was very wow. Uh, kind of surprised by. Um, but I, I, I just, I was, as I was doing that, I went to his Instagram. And I, you would be appalled if you just looked at this dad's Instagram, just continue living his life as if nothing happened, still posting pictures with his son, flat, like show, showcasing flashy cars. He was at the World Series, expensive dinners it doesn't doesn't even seem like this this judgment made much of a difference or the settlement made much of a difference and again like the kid is obviously in the wrong here but i think the dad is extremely extremely guilty too like what what why yeah. like is house arrest even a punishment when the kid was driving without a license they're already not doing their job as parents so it just doesn't seem like they're going to learn their lesson
0: you know th- this is so ironic and you make a very compelling point you know, I know people that have been pulled over just for not having a license, uh, and they got a year in jail. They, they went to jail for one year for driving on a suspended license, okay? Uh, so, also, you know, some parents go to jail when their child picks up a gun and injures or kills somebody. We've seen that happen recently where the parents will be charged. Well, why aren't the parents charged when they illegally take a car and go kill somebody? Why? That needs to be a thing, especially when you have furnished the vehicle as a parent, especially when you have given them permission to use the vehicle as a parent, especially when you are the catalyst for the crime that took place, okay? All right, for those who are watching us via linear cable streaming, um, thank you so much and we will continue the broadcast on our pure streaming platforms. Do yourself a favor. Hop off the linear, join us on the streaming, all right? Various ways to do so from YouTube, Twitch, Facebook.